welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 63. I'm your host tonight and I just have the one bean in Chewy on the line tonight. How's it going, mate? I'm good, Shorty. How are you? Uh, yeah, can't complain. think I'm doing all right. Although, we are, as we are talking about precast, we've just gone into some slightly more restrictions again in uh, here in Victoria or specifically in Melbourne. So Yeah, little, not quite a annoying. lockdown. Not no. quite a lockdown, but uh, yeah. Uh, the light's on amber, so it hasn't gone red yet, but the light's on amber, right? <laughs> yep, yep, good times. But that's not why you're here. You're not here for your coronavirus updates. You're here for some really on-point Magic the Gathering talk, as we always deliver every week. That's that's Top right, level. isn't it? Uh, this is the place to get your most up-to-date uh, metagame analysis, deck breakdown, uh I, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why you're listening. I don't know, but we're glad to have you here. We certainly are. So, yeah, we do have a lot of things to talk about tonight, as we always do. There's a lot going on in the magic world, and uh, yeah, we'll bring you another good episode. But before we get into that, we would like to shout out our sponsors. So, Chewy, who is that? That is Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Uh, Josh and Pat's are a Facebook auction site for like actual magic cards and uh, they run nightly auctions multiple lots every night primo auctions on the weekend and josh and pat's sponsor our leagues which we'll talk about a little bit tonight uh so they sponsor the car sponsor the leagues and uh, they allow us to do what we do so jump onto facebook search josh and pat's mtg bazaar and when you pick up a absolute bargain make sure you tell them that the beans sent you absolutely all right, so yeah, we will be talking a little bit tonight about the leagues and the historic event that we've got coming up, but before we get into that, we uh, got involved in a special stream last week, Chewy. What what was that? Oh, because we're, we're, we are such big-time content creators, as we uh, alluded to in your intro. Uh, so I think, was this our third or our fourth time? I think it was our the- fourth. Fourth time on the early access stream. So, uh, as always, it was a lot of fun. So, what that means is we get a uh, a special client, a arena cl- arena client with a VIP client, a VIP client with uh, yeah, a, a login that has like all the gems and all the gold and all the wild cards. It's it's actually pretty cool. And yeah, we went to we got to play a bunch of. Caldheim cards, uh, you know, 24 hours before everybody else. So everyone kind of got to see what was going on in the format. And uh, it was, I loved it because it was just, you know, you could build whatever we wanted. I got um, a lot of losses, not as many wins but <laughs> as I'd like. But I think I too got a lot of losses. Yeah, but, but it's about trying the new really cards. That's not really why you No, that's right. And, you know, we opened it up to our Discord to send us some deck lists. So we played a variety of decks and, you know, nothing's tuned and, you know, some people are playing, like, the, the spikiest of things and other people are just trying to show off the cards. And, and we certainly fell into that second category. And, you know, we we're just trying to do cool stuff with the new cards and um, have have fun because there was kind of nothing on the line for us. Yeah, You know, exactly. we didn't, didn't waste wild cards. And yep. it was a great chance for people to, you know, that has an idea of a deck list to, you know, get us to try it so they didn't have to, you know, burn the, burn the wild cards on it. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I really sort of fun. like about the um the early access thing. It, it it does. It just gives everyone that little bit of a chance to go. Do I want to spend my wild cards on these new cards, or you know, uh, get a chance to see something that they were considering playing and seeing how it actually goes in action, or potentially you know spot something else that they hadn't thought of before and go, oh, that that really takes my fancy. I, I think I'll uh, I'll put my precious wild cards into those. 
exactly. Yeah, just a, a bit of a try before you buy. Yeah, try yeah exactly. Before you buy. Yep. So yeah, um, so you streamed for like five hours, I think, after yeah. your after oh. your working all night. So that I'm just, was a, that I'm was just, a solid effort. I'm tired just thinking about it again. Yeah, I <laughs> I started work at midnight. Uh we had uh you know, had a bit of an upgrade going and finished at about ten AM, got a couple of hours sleep and then kicked off the stream at two and streamed to five. And I do apologize, Shorty, I didn't get to the end of your shift which was from about 5.30 until whenever you went to, but I I wasn't able to stay awake. It wasn't. <laughs> I, That's honestly, right. I, I, I had plenty of company. Yeah, I think, you know, the dulcet tones of, of, of your voice um, <laughs> probably lulled me to sleep. So uh, maybe we can get like a you know, Skype call or a Discord call set up when I can't sleep and just get you to chat to me. <laughs> Until I, until I nod off, that'd be great. Uh, no, that's just, that's our, just weird. Our, our wives wouldn't that's, find that strange at all, don't, no. Don't we have yeah. a podcast that you could listen to? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I do, but, you know, there's this dude keeps going on wild tangents and making terrible jokes, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hi, Cracker. Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah, it was, anyway, it was a bit of a, speaking of wild tangents, let me bring it back. Uh, it was a, a really fun event. I got to... Play some cool card that uh, from you know new cards from the the latest set. Some of them are very good. I know I didn't play them optimally, particularly towards the end of my stream. I did a draft. The draft was not a train wreck, but not a great draft. And and we won a couple, but lost a couple. I think we went three three in our draft. And yeah, then we uh, moved on to some standard. And so what, you know, what decks did you play? I had a uh, Saltai Snow deck. Uh, which was something that we ran into a lot, a lot of variants of that. Uh, a red-white Warriors deck. There's a lot of new Warriors and the new red-white Saga in the... Uh, in yeah, the, the showdown of the Scolds. Yeah, and that seems pretty powerful. So yep. I, I jammed a little bit of that. Uh, I had some some Elves and I, I had, yeah, an array of different decks to try to show off the new standard. And um, the deck that I probably enjoyed the most was the Jeskai Fortel control. And I, I think that deck could be good, uh, but, you know, it kind of one of those decks that needs to be tuned to the metagame, uh, you know, as far as card selections and numbers. And so, what, so you're playing like Doomscar, you're playing the... All the Fortel cards, yeah. Yep, so Doomscar, yep. uh, Doom so the Scar, counter spell, the, 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 counter card, spell, the card draw spell. Yep. The, I was playing the Demon Bolt, the removal spell at one point. And uh, the the saga that returns a card with Fortel and the one that makes angels and a couple of planeswalkers and a whole bunch of lands and yeah, it I think the the core of the deck is there and I think it could could be a player in standard except the cards like uh Edgewell Innkeeper, uh Lurus slash Call of the Death Dweller and Maze Mind Home mean that the other mid-range decks or the mid-range creature decks can keep up with you on card advantage, and that makes it pretty hard for a pretty hard for a control deck. So we'll have to see how the format shakes out. If those cards that I mentioned remain, you know, at the top of the metagame, then maybe maybe that deck, as cool as it is, doesn't really have a spot at the top of the meta. But yeah, it's, it is always hard when you're like typically a control deck. Your aim is to control the board, keep things under control, and then win the very long game because you have access to card draw and card advantage and all that sort of stuff and you're you're going to run your opponent out of resources and 
they're left with nothing to do, just top decking, and you've still got a handful of cards. But like you said, when the other mid-range decks and, and even some of the aggro decks in the format yeah. can grind and still have card advantage and still have card draw just as good or, or if not better than you, that makes it pretty hard for a control deck to actually be good in the format. Yeah, and that's unfortunate because I, I like a good control deck in the format. Um, you know, we'll talk about historic a little bit later, but, you know, blue-white control historically has been... You know, a deck that's, you know, good to have as uh, a presence in the metagame. I, I yeah. don't like it when it's the best deck, like, you know, with Teferi. But yes. yeah, it's good when it exists. But, uh, you know, you want that, you know, the best formats are the, you know, where there's a viable control deck, a viable aggro deck, and then a, a you know, a viable mid-range deck. And it's a bit of a rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll just see how it shakes out. And... Uh, you know, maybe when Eldraine rotates in six months, whatever it is, uh, <laughs> we see a... The power uh, level will suddenly drop drastically of the format and we exactly. might get to see some other decks. Yeah. What about you? What did you What did you play? Uh, yeah, so I streamed... Mono Red? Yeah, I streamed for a while. I, actually, I started the day with Mono Red. I, I didn't... I've kind of... I'm, I'm kind of like penciling myself like or painting myself into a corner of just becoming the person that's known as being the mono red player which is painting the town red yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's one way to put it which is fine I, i do play a lot of mono red and i definitely enjoy playing it but i didn't want to uh you know jump on the early access stream and just play stock standard mono red and put in one or two new cards and i thought well we've got the uh the magda the the dwarf semi dwarf lord so let's play some dwarves. Uh, my name, my nickname is Shorty. Uh, so I thought, well, let's play Shorty's dwarves. So it's it's on brand. I like it. It is. Yep. So we we kicked the stream off with that, and uh, yeah, played like the the full seven dwarves and Magda and Rimrock Knights, all that sort of stuff. A couple of other random dwarves, and uh, yeah, we we won our first two games, which was good fun. And then we uh, we didn't win another game for quite a long time. Didn't matter. Seemed to matter what deck we were playing. <laughs> <laughs> It all sort of went downhill, but yeah, that that deck was good fun. Definitely not not competitive enough to be played in the current format, but we sort of mentioned it a few times on the stream with some of these decks. They're going to, a lot of these tribes that we've seen in Kaldheim, they're going to likely get a lot of support, especially when we get to um, the D&D set. You know, we, we're going to get, we're going to get dwarves, we're going to get humans, that sort of thing. So Elves. they're going to... Yeah, they're, they're going to see a lot more support then. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's kind of as we see, we've seen this plenty of times. If you go, if you've listened to our other podcasts, you would have heard us talk about this before. Often, a set will come out, like we saw it a couple of years ago with Ixalan that had the vampires, and it just was never really a good tribe. And then, you know, a year later, all of a sudden, we got some more support from uh, another set, and uh, yeah, all of a sudden, it was actually a decent. Uh, tribe for a little while yeah for like a month uh, it was it was great you know like the the black white vampires deck they printed the soren planeswalker and that coincided obviously with a rotation and suddenly the deck's really good so uh i think we'll see maybe more than a month uh with uh some of the cards in kaldheim so it's definitely a power level drop from eldraine but that's actually a good thing in my opinion yeah definitely yeah i mean it's just you look at the ban list and there's just so many of those cards that are banned are from Eldraine and this it's still the most dominant set in the format. Like I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter and whatever and we'll, we'll sort of get into this a bit more and we talk a little bit more about standard, but it, people are still basically just building Eldraine decks 
and they're just adding in a couple of cards here and there. They're, it's still the predominant set that's that's uh, soaking up all the power level of the format at the moment. So yeah, it's funny. Even like talking about that Jeskai control deck that I was playing, I was you know playing the Doom Scars and things to you know try to try out the new cards, and I'm looking at this new card that seems good and and works in the deck and fits my strategy. And in the end, I went. I think I'm just going to play Bone Crusher Giant instead. Uh, yeah. Like, so <laughs> it's just so much better. So, yeah, exactly. And, and, and the deck got better because of that. And it was a, you know, uh, you know, Bone Crusher's time is, you know, they've gone past the middle of, of Bone Crusher's stain standard. Uh, and it's a, it, as, you know, Edgewell Innkeeper and all of the, you know, the Great Henge and all those other cards that are, um, all these, Green cards that I'm naming, uh, yeah. <laughs> green green cards with card advantage and card draw. Exactly, and <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I think we'll see a massive format shake up, and obviously, as we get closer to that event, that'll be a, a topic that we talk about. Yeah, yeah, on, on yeah. The we've, cast, got, so. we've got a long way to go between now and then. We've got a, another couple of sets before we get to rotation. So yeah, which is yeah. awesome. Uh, yep. So, uh, is there anything you saw that alarmed you? Is, uh, is there anything anything broken? Nothing, nothing alarmed me. I, I, I did try out a few of the uh, other combos that people were a little bit worried about. So we, we spoke about on the podcast, I think, previously, the World Tree combo with the Maskwood Nexus, mm-hmm. the, uh, the artifact that makes all of your creatures every creature type, and the World Tree that you can sacrifice to go and get, uh, you know, uh, get all the gods out of your deck. Tried that combo, played it probably like five times and just literally did nothing didn't get anywhere close to even pulling off any sort of combo like the deck was just sort of thrown together from from other people's random lists so it's definitely not tuned but you you just the the way you're sort of building that deck you're you just have no answers to like a a fast gruel deck or a mono red or or even like an elves deck just anything that's putting creatures on the board and getting out quickly you're just doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, so, and it's yeah. worth noting that the early access event is just best of one. Yes. So yes. you know, a deck like you the mean World my, Tree, my favorite kind of magic. Yeah, but it makes the cool decks not viable because of yeah. the, the the dice roll decks. So uh, it's a uh, you know a little bit of a uh, a shame there, but you know, in best of three. Maybe with a rotation that again, you know, and I guess that'll be a theme of this cast. Uh, <laughs> buy your Caldheim. <laughs> uh, so hashtag MTG Finance. Buy your Caldheim cards now from Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar and uh, sit on them because once Eldraine drops, I can definitely foretell some <laughs> cards spiking in price. So. Uh, I, I, I honestly some cards that'll go from zero to hero really quickly with rotation. I think. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty sure uh, the the new Tibalt, the Valky slash Tibalt, is like <laughs> oh, yeah, that's f- a bit of fun. fifty. It's like fifty US at the moment or something. Oh, which really? Is, yeah, which is crazy. So well, let's talk uh, about the, playing the that in. Be pretty good. Let's just talk about playing that in modern Jund. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's a, b- a bunch of different decks. That, like the thing with these dual face cards, which we didn't really talk about that much on the cast, like. When we got them the first time in the last set where it was a land, like a spell on one side and a land on one side, obviously that had implications for like Goblin Charbelcher decks and things like that, which we've mm. spoken about before. With the ones that we have now that are spells on both sides, whenever you get that option to like, you know, reveal the top, like Genesis Ultimatum or, or whatever, um, or even a blink effect, you can choose which side you're putting on the battlefield. 
Yeah, so it's kind of can... like how split cards used to work, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So you you can go, oh, yep, I can. So like you can, yeah, like Bloodbraid Elf in, and hit Valky off the Cascade and actually cast Tybalt. Which in is, modern, on so you can have yeah. a Tybalt <laughs> yeah. on the board on turn three with a like yeah. noble hierarch or a Lanaway. So that like that is actually really interesting. Like that opens up a whole bunch of other possibilities that we just sort of haven't seen before with with spells like that. So it's really cool, and it, and it really changes like your card evaluation and, and that sort of stuff on on these cards because like taking Tybalt as the example, you've got a two drop on one side and a seven drop on the other side. So it is a card that you're happy to draw early because you can just cast it for its two drop side but then if you draw it late well okay cool i've got a seven mana planeswalker that gets me heaps of card advantage so yeah and that has implications in in modern and historic and in pioneer because it's actually a decent two drop and particularly in those formats that i mentioned where uro is legal because you can just make a copy of uro and back him for six and draw (laughs) a card three yeah so it's uh you know, there's there's that sort of uh, magical Christmas land case that comes up because Uro is so widely played in those formats. But yeah. it's a uh, a very cool card, a very powerful card. But it's not. I don't feel like it's broken. I, I feel no, like it's no, good. Yeah. But it's not. It's not degenerate. Yep. T-Bolt has something else that he has his name <laughs> to that's a little bit degenerate, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So and talk us through this because you love a glass cannon. You love a glass cannon deck. So. <laughs> Talk us through Tybalt's trickery. I certainly do. I'll just uh, I'll bring it up so we can actually read the card because I don't think we spoke about it in any of our um, any of our podcasts. So yeah, there's a card that came out and, and sort of straight away people were like, "Oh, yeah, this could be interesting." And then people started running the numbers and, and whatever, and yeah, that's when it got really interesting. So yeah, it's called Tybalt's Trickery. It's one and a red for an instant, and it says counter target spell, which is weird for a it's red red, red spell. And then it says, choose one, two, or three at random, which is also a very weird sentence. Choose one, two, or three at random. Uh, its controller mills that many cards, so it puts that many cards from the top of their library into their graveyard, then exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile a non-land card with a different name than that spell, so a different name to the spell that you counted. They may cast that card without paying its mana cost. Then they put the rest of the, uh, put the exile cards in the bottom of their library. So... You would think, like on your face, as a red deck, you know, you play this in a red deck and you go, all right, you know, I, I just, if I can counter my opponent's board wipe, they're going to flip cards off the top of their library until they, I don't know, find a counter spell or something like that. So it's a non-land card, not nothing. a permanent card, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. I, I counter your um, your Shadow of the Sky and you get a, um, you know, whatever the foretell counter, so I saw it coming. Yeah, or you know, Birth of Miletus or something. So hopefully yep. something that's not as good and not as impactful as a as that board wipe, and so then you can keep bashing with your creatures. So yep, okay, seems fine, not very good. But I think they missed a word off this card when they were printing it. It just says counter target spell or a couple of words, not counter target spell and, and opponent, opponent controls. controls. So because yeah. of that, you can counter your own stuff, which means in standard, historic, modern. That's as far as we've seen it so far, but who knows, it could show up anywhere else. We're getting these crazy combo decks. So in modern, you can do, we saw Frank Carsten put out a uh, a thing, a calculation thing where he'd run the math on it. You can have a deck that is 53 lands, like one Emrakul or two Emrakuls, four yep. Cascade spells, so three mana Cascade spell. Yeah, and... Violent Outburst, the one that doesn't yep. need a target. Yep. Yep. 
and one Tibalt's trickery, and you basically just mulligan. He calculated it that it, you have like an 85% chance that you will have a turn three Emrakul. <laughs> and importantly, it says um, you cast. cast that card. Yeah. yeah. So, so you get the extra turn, and then you can attack and get yeah. the Annihilator trigger, yeah. and your opponent has no permanence, and you have a 15-15 on the battlefield. So, like, that's a weird deck design, like 53 lands, and you obviously you just mulligan like crazy until you have an opening hand that has the Cascade spell in it, and probably a couple of lands, and yeah, and you're 80-something percent chance to do it. Now, obviously, pretty easy to disrupt. Your opponent just needs one counter spell, and, and they're fine. I, yeah. I don't know how good that's going to be in modern, but we are seeing it in standard and 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 in historic. Yeah, and, and in as historic. Well. Yeah. So we what people are doing in standard and historic is they are casting zero mana spells. So we have cards like Tormod's Crypt, which is a zero mana artifact. You've got like Stone Coil Serpent, which is an X uh, creature, so you can cast it for zero. It dies. It would die normally straight away, but you're countering it anyway. And yeah, you're just countering your spell. And the way they're building it in Standard and Historic is they're actually filling the deck with big stuff, you know, like Ulamogs and Ugans and uh, Omniscience and uh, Genesis Ultimatums and things like that. And you're just you're just basically increasing your odds that you're going to hit something big that's potentially going to win the game. You do have that fizzle rate because you can, you know, you counter your Stonecore Serpent and then you actually go and hit another Tibalt's Trickery. Uh, or, or some other card that you don't actually want, uh, but you can using using Tibalt's trickery. You can cast, you know, you can hit like Valky and cast the uh, the Tibalt side of it and, and different things like that. You can cast the other side of the card. So yeah, it's interesting. I, I've seen like Day Nine streamed that deck for quite a while in in the early access, and he, he just has a turn where it's like he casts like three Genesis Ultimatums in the same turn, and he's just got so many things on the battlefield. He's like, yeah, and then then this happens, and this happens, and it's just like, yeah, okay, that's pretty nuts. It but is. then there's there's also times when the deck literally does nothing. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I, it has, a, has a fail rate. Yeah, it does have a fail rate. I'm yet to see the fail rate on the other side of the table. So <laughs> I am well aware that. You know, I, I introduced this deck or the topic of this deck as a glass cannon, meaning, you know, it's it's a one-shot wonder, it's a one-trick pony, whatever the, you know, uh, the term you want to use. Uh, I have played against it five times on the arena ladder, uh, three times in standard, twice in historic, and they've gone off turn two every time, and I've <laughs> nice. been facing down a Kiorabessa Sea God or <laughs> Ugin or yeah. uh, Ulamog in... Um, in uh, in historic, so it's just like I get that there's a fail rate. Can you fail against me, please? Once yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. so uh, and I can see why this would cause a bit of rage for you know particular players who you know want to just play the game because it's a fun game, and someone turns up with this thing, and you're like, oh yeah, great, you know, are we having fun? Like, let's just move on. Yeah. Um. So I understand where they're coming from, but you know, if you are in that camp, please know that that. That person's gotten lucky against you. They're particularly in standard where you're not looking at the 85% front caster numbers. You're looking at a lot lower than that. And Yeah, yeah. And I, I can't see this deck being a long-term presence in the metagame. So just let them have their fun, whatever. Like, you'll get wins against it. You'll get losses against it. Just, like, don't let it ruin your day. <laughs> it's, yeah, you know. it's, a, it's a sort of deck that is definitely better in best of one. 
and it's you're probably going to see it a fair bit on the best of one ladder because it is super quick to play like you literally it's either i win on turn two or three or i lose and like if i if i don't win on turn two or three i just scoop so like you, you, your game literally lasts like two minutes most of the time yeah my either best you- advice would be to play an aggressive deck and get out of silver and gold and into yeah. platinum, and you'll see less <laughs> yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's not it's definitely not the sort of deck. Like I'm, like, I could be proving completely wrong, but I'm tipping when we get the next MPL Rivals weekend, we're not going to see a bunch of pros playing this deck unless somebody manages to come up with a really good consistent oh, version. Oh, Matt Nass is going to do something with it, isn't he? <laughs> oh, he's going to find some Matt. weird interaction and he's gonna, it's going to be Casey I all over again. <laughs> Matt, I know you're listening to this because we're such a uh, large presence in the Magic Creator community. Uh, please don't. Um, from from all of us to you, uh, as a fellow KCI lover, don't do it to us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what about um, what about since the early access event? Yeah. Uh, so have you been playing much? Uh, I played a little bit. So I streamed this week, but I streamed historic, uh, which we, we can touch on soon. But I played like in the early access. I played the like infect deck because uh, we we do have that Finn Finn the Fangbearer. I think his name is that. Uh, gives your opponent poison counters so it's it was interesting to play like it's a it's an interesting style but it is definitely not your traditional infect like infect has always been a problem because you you can pump the creatures and the the amount of damage the creatures are doing to you that's how many poison counters you get so the the classic modern infect deck is play my you know, glistener elf or whatever they're called and then just pump it a bunch of times and hit you for six infect and then finish you off the next turn um, the way Finn works, it's every creature with death, death touch that deals damage to a, a player just straight up gives two poison counters. So it doesn't matter what their power and toughness is, it's just straight two poison counters, which can add up pretty quickly, but it's not oppressive where it's like, oh, no, you're attacking me with four death touch creatures. I need to block all of them, otherwise you're going to pump the one that I don't block and then I'm just going to die. So it is a good way for them to do poison, and it's a bit more reminiscent of poison when we first saw it which was when when was that was that like original that was lawn uh no there was, was there was poison in that wasn't it no or was no, it older it. i don't I yeah, can't I think remember. it's i think it's older originally but yeah okay yeah, uh, yeah it, you know it is too yeah there's there is some really old cards that have poison but there was no like good ones until no, and sort it, of it wasn't until, elf and, yeah and, yeah, yep. eight, and then and then that was actually infect which was which was a bit different yeah, rather than um, creature has poison. Yeah, so. yeah. So that 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 deck was a bit of fun, and I tried building a deck around that uh, spirit that um, that I really liked that I spoke about on the last podcast, um, but that didn't seem to go so well. Trying to play a sort of controlling tempo deck when you don't really know what you're going up against was was not so good. So, but uh, other than that, like I I didn't see anything. I think I only played against Tibalt's Trickery deck once or twice. I didn't see anything that I was concerned about. I, I remember the last early access event we played. By the time the event had finished, everybody was going on about oh, Omnath is a problem. Yeah, and we yeah. saw it. Like I, I remember seeing it a bunch. Like during the stream, it's like, oh man, we're playing against this deck again. Oh, this is just this is this deck is going off. <laughs> yeah. So every, every time, if we take a step back and look at the decks that we saw, you know, we we don't have an Omnath situation. We've got a glass cannon combo deck that's just a bit of a meme and the next most hyped card that I've, I've heard from, you know, other podcasters, streamers and, and, you know, 
content creators is a five mana four four hasty dragon. Yeah, and you know, and that's great. Like yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that because that tells me that you know, this is a good set from a standard perspective. Uh, you know, eternal players or commander players, you know, might have one or two little gems from the from the set. But as someone who just wants to play arena and you know maybe an F and M in their local store, you know, we're not going to see you know ridiculousness where the player across the table with you know sixty of their uh, seventy five cards being uh, mythics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I I'm it's refreshing. Yeah. So have like you been it. playing standard since the event? A little. Um, I have been jumping between standard and historic. Uh, I've been playing the the Warriors deck as my... So here we go, Shorty. So uh, I'm so excited I am about Magic. I've got a best of one deck and a best of three deck right now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a... And, and they're decks that I you know, was interested in playing in the early access event and I've been sort of tweaking and tuning them. So my best of one deck is a Red White Warriors deck and you know, I've mucked around with different numbers and, and all sorts of uh, different options there. And you know, it's a decent best of one deck. I've got a you know, 60 something percent win rate with it. So you know, ticking along. Mind you, you know, I hadn't played a lot in the last standard, so I'm pretty low on the rank. So, uh, but in best of three, I've been playing the Foretell Control deck, and that's really, really fun, but uh, that needs a few weeks for the format to kind of settle down before I know yeah. what to really play you, in that. You, know, you need to know what to target when you're playing Control decks. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So you, men- you mentioned the Is It, Con- Is it deck, or the, the deck that's playing Gold uh, Goldspan Dragon, which I, I played in a couple of decks uh, during the early access event, and straight away it was like, yeah, okay, you know, we we spoke about this card on on the podcast, and we said it was going to be pretty good, and yeah, turns out it is very good. It uh, you're guaranteed, uh, like if, you, if we can't remember what it is, it is uh, three red red for a four four flying haste, as Chewie said, and it, when it attacks or becomes the target of a spell, create a treasure token. So it's not just a target of your a spell you control; it's just the target of a spell. And then treasures you control have, um, you can sack them for two mana instead of one mana. So you're going to get, no matter what, you're going to get one treasure out of it. Because either you're going to get to attack or your opponent's going to try and kill it. uh, Unless they have some sort of activated ability way to kill it, which is not very likely at, at the moment. So you're going to get a treasure out of it. And what can happen is your opponent, you know, you, you cast the dragon and your opponent tries to kill it, you get the treasure before their spell resolves. So you now have access to two mana, which conveniently is enough to cast a whole bunch of different counter spells. So you can then counter their spell that targeted your dragon, and you still have a 4-4 flying haste. You've got to negate, you've got a disdainful stroke. Yeah, yeah, that, that you then attack with, and you get another treasure token. So you still have another two mana. So... It actually works really, really well. It is just a really good finisher. You know, we've seen in the past the the various like the variations on this like five mana flying haste dragon, and they've they've usually been good and yeah, glory bringer type effects, yeah. right? Yep. And yeah, this this one is another good one. So yeah, the the deck that uh, this is actually a deck that LSV put out. Uh, like for the early access, he he basically just sort of threw it together and turned out it was like one of the best decks in the format. So. Every now and then, LSV knows what he's talking about, but uh, oh, occasionally can't can't really play Magic. That guy, he's not very good. No, but uh, yeah, so it's running, you know, Bone Crusher Giants, Brazen Borrowers, and Goldspan Dragons. That's your your creature package, and then yeah, you've got a whole bunch of different counter spells, some Essence Scatters, some Disdainful Strokes, some Negates, the Saw at Cummings, the Behold the Multiverses, and then 
uh, frostbite for your your creature removal or planeswalker removal, whole bunch of different snow covered lands, and then yeah, running four shark typhoon. So you're a semi control deck, but you're almost like that sort of tempo. Yeah, that blue uh, red tempo flash control. tempo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you've got Brazen Borrower and Bone Crusher Giant, two of the best cards still in standard because they're just so versatile that you can deal with basically anything your opponent's doing. And then yeah, once you hit that dragon get the the treasure you're sort of off to the races you have so many ways to protect it so and that dragon doesn't have to deal all 20 damage because you're still no. getting in with your spirit for you know as a 4-4 four, four or 6-6 six, six or 8-8 eight, eight or whatever they get to so yep yep yeah it's uh i i think that deck's going to be a uh uh a player in standard yeah, i'm definitely sure. keen to um to build that deck it's uh it's got a lot of elements that i like to play and yeah it'll just be whether or not i've got the wild cards for it a lot of uh, elements yeah, looks, being looks Islands and mountains in the same deck, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Correct. I like it. Uh, yeah. I. So what do you think then? Like we've talked about the format being sort of refreshed a little and, and, and it's worth noting like the decks that were around pre-Cal uh, Time are still around. It's still Black, yeah. Red, uh, Black Red Sacrifice and um, all of those decks that we're used to seeing on, on ladder, they're still there and they're still good and got an upgrade to their mana base in a lot of cases. So I think there's a lot of new decks and then the existing decks are also still there, still still got a presence. What's your take on standard? What's your feeling yeah, on, I, I on the think format? It's, it's going to be good. Like There seems to have been enough of an injection that we've got some new decks or at least some variations on the old deck so it's not just the same old boring stuff. And there seems to be enough decks that are actually strong and playable mm. that you can kind of play what you want to play and and that's like I've, I've listened to a ton of podcasts this week that seems to be the consensus across the board no i haven't heard anybody saying oh boy we've got problems or this you know standard solved already or it's boring or anything like that. i haven't heard that once and people like someone like saffron olive um seth from from mtg goldfish who like obviously plays a ton of magic but hasn't been super excited about standard for ages he's been saying i've been playing heaps of standard this week because i'm really enjoying it so for someone like that to be enjoying it so much is really good to see and yeah i I think i think standard's going to be quite good uh i i don't see the tibolt's trickery becoming a problem and yeah we're going to see some some good variants in the decks that we have what do you reckon yeah, no, I, I agree, and I kind of share that renewed enthusiasm. Uh, I haven't been absolutely in love with Standard. A lot of my magic over the last, uh, like, since Christmas has been limited-focused. Yep. Know, there's been a lot of cubes, <laughs> basically, <laughs> uh, both in paper and uh, on the various online clients. So I've still been playing a lot of magic, but uh, I've been... If I'm playing standard, it's because I just feel like playing magic and there's, you know, sort of nothing else firing. So you just jump on the ladder for a game or two. Uh, but I haven't been invested in it at all, but I'm, I'm inspired and I'm actually building decks, uh, which yeah. is, you know, for me, I guess that's a, that's an important metric. If I'm brewing, uh, then that tells me I'm, I'm excited rather than going, Oh, what decks are out there? If I'm actually actively trying to explore the format myself, then I'm pumped. That, that yep. tells me magic's in a good spot uh, for yeah. me. You know, I'm sure there's 1% of people out there that are unhappy, but I know that you're 1% there's always people and you're, that are unhappy. you're wrong. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> and that uh, everyone else is having a good time. Tibalt's trickery is not as as someone who's is zero five in the times that I played it on ladder. I am sending out the declaration that Tibalt's trickery is fine and it will go away. You know, it is an annoying fly that's buzzing around. You'll find it dead on your windowsill in two days' time. You know, don't worry about it. <laughs> Good uh, analogy. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, th- I think like similar to you that that indicator that I'm actually like looking at brewing decks and stuff is is a good indicator that I'm excited about the format because for a while it's just been jump on arena what quest do i have to play okay i'll play my red deck i'll play my black deck whatever. yeah and then, okay i'm done cool okay i'll go and go and do something else so now you mentioned that you're playing a best of one deck uh i'm tipping that is for a specific reason and that's probably because you've now got magic arena on your phone yeah people would that, would start to correct yeah if you're if you're sitting down in a certain room in the house for a best of three game, your feet go to sleep. But if you've got <laughs> if you've got a best of one deck on your mobile, uh, then you can play any. I literally made a cup of tea this afternoon and played a best of one while I was waiting for the kettle to boil. So, yeah, nice. so uh, yeah, we we haven't talked about it on the cast previously, or we've mentioned it on and off that Arena was coming to mobile. But with the release of Kaldheim, they actually have put it on phones yeah and uh, which everyone was pretty out, skeptical about yeah worth shouting out that in episode 50 when we did our mailbag special scott the blaster boy his bold prediction uh <laughs> was that arena would be on on mobile within the next 50 episodes it took 12 and a half episodes blaster boy so uh yeah you called out at the so, time so that bold. it's not really a prediction because it's been announced but <laughs> it had already been announced uh but you know well done, Blaster Boy. You you, yep, you yep. got there. You got there. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I I upgraded phones over Christmas. I got the Pixel Five. I'm an Android user. Come at me. But I I get to play uh, Arena on my phone, and it and yes. it's great. I'm playing way more. I I got a kid who decides this week she doesn't want to sleep, so I'm sitting on the bedroom floor at two in the morning playing Arena on my phone trying to get her to sleep. <laughs> so it's it's working for Qual- me. Quality parenting. Yeah, yeah. Well, she just wants someone in the room. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like you yeah. know, which land should I play first, Scout? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wondering why she's not going back to sleep as she watching you play Arena. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But we're both yeah. happy and she's quiet. But yep. um, so it is is worth mentioning. So it did get released only on Android devices and it's only not, specific not on Android devices. So yes. if you've got an older phone, it's probably not going to run for you, unfortunately. Yeah. So this is an early access thing. They they've come out and said, okay, we're going to just like sort of stage release it, see how it goes. And put it on, and they they released a list of phones that it would go on. And yeah, yours is obviously basically brand new, so it would go on yours, no worries. Um, I've heard of a few people that have like Pixel 4s that were apparently on the list, but it's pretty jumpy and and buggy and things like that. But yeah, how how have you found it? Like, Uh, obviously, you've played it a ton. You gave me your phone, and I played one game with it and thought it was pretty good. Uh, Yeah, I was definitely impressed with it. But yeah, give us us a rundown on what you think. So. It's early access. That it needs some work, but it's exactly what you would want. It is a it is arena on your phone. You fire it up and you play, and you're just like, oh, it's just arena, right? Yep. And and that's a good thing. It, it, it is cross platform. So I logged in and all of my cards and all of my ranks and everything, my mastery tree, everything is there. So it's not like I have to have a separate account or invest any extra money or anything. Cross-platform, very good. So it ticks that box. That's a really important one. Uh, there are a couple of things where, you know, screens, 
don't load and you've got to quit the client and, and, and get back in again. And that, you know, maybe my phone, it may be the client, uh, but you know, there's, it's not quite at that polish. It's not the finished product yet. There are a couple of little bugs. Uh, a lot of them are getting reported from the early access client, uh, early access users. The only one I've come across is I'm playing the red, white warriors equipment deck as my best of one deck currently. The Halva, uh, the god of equipment, um, his at the beginning of combat on your turn, attach an equipment to a creature control trigger doesn't work on the mobile. Yeah, so okay. uh, I've lost annoying. a couple of games because of that, unfortunately. <laughs> can you, like, if you're in full control or can you, well, f- first question, can you go full control? You, you can go you can. full control, absolutely. Uh, so you can play Tibalt's Trickery on, the, on yep. your phone if you want to. Uh and they've brought out updates. There's daily updates coming out. Like yep. they are working really hard. Um, the auto tapper was getting people uh, because the uh, the manual mana tapping was a bit clunky. But uh, I've I played the the aggressive deck. I've also played um, the control deck and a deck in historic that tries to have a lot of permanence uh, just to see how it goes. Um, a little bit of buyer's remorse from my perspective. I decided when I got my new phone to go with the I didn't go with the the plus. I got the smaller yep. form phone because uh, you know I just I found I wasn't getting value out of the bigger phone. It didn't fit in the pocket of my life jacket while I was fishing in my kayak as well. A few things didn't like fit that. In your skinny jeans. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. <laughs> I've been mean, wearing skinny jeans for a little while. Um, oh, but, hang on, that's me. Yeah, that, that for you they're just jeans. Yeah. But <laughs> yes, that's um, very true. But. Uh, you know, so it is a smaller thing, but if you've got like, you know, the, the Galaxy Note or when it comes to iPhone, if you've got one of the larger form phones, it's going to be a bit better because you're just going to have more screen real estate, but I'm still able to play Magic on my phone and that's, I've never been able to do that before and, and it's yeah. it's amazing. Like It really is. Like I am finding myself just having a game of Magic where, you know, I can do it anywhere. We went up to... Uh, on our way up to dinner where you played a game on my phone, we stopped yep. at a supermarket to, you know, grab some stuff for a charcuterie board or whatever, charcuterie <laughs> board. Uh, and um, charcuterie from the ad that's going on at the moment. Uh, so uh, my wife ran in because, uh, you know, I don't buy the right cheese apparently, so she had to go in. And so I sat in the car with the kids for like 15 minutes and just played Magic. I had a 5G yeah, nice. connection outside the supermarket. And yep. so it's it's a bit of a novelty, but, you know, we all play games on our phone, whether it's, you know, whatever game that you're playing or whatever, um, you know, whether it's solitaire or whatever. But, you know, now Magic's an option and that's awesome. And it, and it, yeah. and it works and it's just going to get better. So, yep. yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Like, I've, yeah, I've definitely heard of people having lagging issues and, and that sort of stuff, but it, it does seem to be people with older phones so that's mm. that's not surprising i i am concerned how they're going to go like optimizing it for older phones because like if it's literally you have to have a phone from 2020 and beyond to be able to play this that cuts off so many people and that's such a a big portion of the market that they're going to want to be in it does but if i put my software development release management hat on because that's what i do for work uh, that that is the simplest way because phone technology does change so quickly yeah, and most people um, get 
phones every couple of years. Yeah. So yeah. it's a lot less effort to just program things for the newer technology to try to then make things backwards compatible. So yeah, yeah, uh, it's yeah, unfortunate. Like yeah, it it is it is unfortunate, and hopefully they can do it. Yeah, like I I sort of you know you compare it to other mobile games like i've played hearthstone on my phone and you know it runs flawless but as we you and i discussed when we we're at that dinner games like hearthstone were built for mobile play yeah or, well they were built for digital play with mobile they didn't come to mobile straight away but they were d- built with that in mind so hearthstone has things like a limit on how many permanents or creatures you know that sort of thing you can actually have on your battlefield where which on makes, your which phone which makes sense <laughs> yeah i i could sit there on my pixel 5 and like scoot swarm to my heart's consent yeah, content yeah, right well, so until you get to 250 triggers yeah. or tokens or whatever and, and then that's your cap but yeah yeah that's that's a problem that magic is always going to have because it is a physical card game where the, in when you play in paper you can shortcut so many things Whereas games like Hearthstone and Eternal and, and those sorts of games were built for digital play, so they don't have those problems. Yeah. Uh, and they also have the, the benefit of being able to adjust cards and, and all that sort of stuff, which we've spoken about before. When something's too powerful, they can do a nerf and change a power and toughness here or there or increase the costs or whatever, which Magic just, just can't do. So it's never going to be quite as good as that. No, but... But those other games aren't quite as good as Magic, so no, it's a exactly, trade-off. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I, the other thing, like I'm a little bit concerned about with Magic. Like we've seen it, people complaining about Arena, like running on laptops and like setting laptops on fire, and people with like good PCs, and it's just like burning all their resources on their PCs and stuff. There does seem to be some weird things with Arena where it uses up so much power, and I look at like how Arena is at the on the phone at the moment. It needs to be a brand new phone, all that sort of stuff, and it's still not quite perfect i've i play as we've mentioned on the podcast before i play genshin impact and you know a bunch of other people play genshin impact and i play that predominantly on my phone i have an iphone 11 that it's like i don't know over two years old now probably and genshin is like you know third person you're running around in this crazy world where it's drawing stuff all off in the distance and there's things going off all over the place every time you're doing like you're chaining together these elemental bursts and it's like fire and lightning and stuff just going a lot of animations going on so much going on there's a lot of euros entering the battlefield Um, and it it does it flawlessly like i've had it freeze on me maybe three times in six months or something like that but it does it flawlessly. There's no lag. There's nothing like that. Yep. So, so I looked into that a, a little bit. I, I did my homework for the first time ever, first time in 63 episodes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was playing uh, another game with with Reese from our Discord. Uh, we are playing yep. some PUBG. And uh, he mentioned the platform that Arena was written on, uh, which yep. is a, a platform called Unity, which yeah, is a, Unity. a yep, cross-platform thing. And uh, I... I had a look into it, and it is notorious for memory leak issues. Um, yeah, right. So it, it consumes – picture having, like, 500 Chrome tabs open and, like, how's your yep. computer going to run? <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't know what um, – I don't know what Genshin or other games run on, what platform yeah. they run on. But no, I have no idea. Yeah, but the there is sort of known resource – it, it's an it's known to be resource hungry that platform. Yeah. So that's I guess you know they they chose that because it is you know the most agnostic platform, but that does come with a cost. Yeah. So yep. they're trying. They've probably got 
things running in the background are specific for PC or iPhone or Android clients that aren't used if you're not on those um, platforms, but they're consuming resources. So yeah. it could be optimized to each client, yes, but we're not there yet. Yeah, and hopefully they'll get there. Like, yeah, hopefully we'll see in six months' time it comes to iPhone, it, it you know goes back to older phones, all that sort of stuff, and it runs really well because, like you said, if once it's like that, yeah, the, the volume of Magic that we play will drastically increase because yeah. yeah just being able to go oh yeah I'm, you know i'm making a cup of tea i've got five minutes well i can fit in a game of what i read in five minutes no worries I easy probably at least fit in two games yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah. so, so you lose two ranks wow yeah okay. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right so yeah look, all sounds pretty good and and definitely promising and, and just awesome to see that we're finally getting on the mobile and yeah i'm looking forward to one day getting my hands on it on on my phone and taking up a bunch of my time all right, so this weekend, we've mentioned already, we are having the kickoff of our Magic Beans tournament series, which still is crazy that we can even say that, but we've got our first event. So what, what have we got going on this weekend? Uh, we've got a one-off historic event, so uh, pretty excited. So uh, we didn't want to jump straight into standard because not everybody's had a chance to accrue the wild cards to play the new set yet, so... We are running Historic, uh, which will be, you know, if you listen to this in the future, uh, you may have missed it. It's on Saturday, Feb 6th at 11 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time. Uh, yeah, it is a, uh, a one-off event. It's Historic Best of Three Swiss with prizes, and it is free to enter. So Magic Beans doing their Magic Beans things with uh, be the, uh, yeah, that free to sign up, uh, free to play with prizes, thanks again to Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar for their sponsorship, which allows us to do that. So if you want to take advantage of that, uh, there will be, I'm sure, a link to the sign-up in our show notes. Thanks, Shorty. Yep. Um, and what's different about our – you know, we've run these little one-off events, you know, when we're in between formats and things before. We did that last year, but this year they're a little different in that our one-off events actually – officially part of our tournament series and that means you can actually win invitational points so mm. um for those who may be new to the beans our invitational is our big end of year event we all of our leagues culminate into that big prizes on the line as the name uh states it's invite only the beans do a bunch of commentary on it we you know we uh we put a lot of effort into that it's it's our big end of year shindig and with these one-off events, the number of invitational points is based on a sliding scale. The more people that enter, the more envy points are up for grabs. And as it stands currently, uh, we've got over 20 people registered for it, which means that whoever takes down this event, whoever wins, will get the yellow jersey uh, and take three invitational points. Mm. Two Get that for, early lead. Yeah, two for second, one for first, uh, for third, uh, as well as playing for I think it's it's like a hundred and fifty bucks worth of cash and prizes. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so yeah, forty bucks in cash for first place, and then you know it goes down from there. Some boosters on the line. We'll have random door prizes. There's vouchers to Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. So yeah, over 150 bucks of cash and prizes, which is yeah pretty good. Again, free event. We had someone comment on our Discord this week. Is this is this event really free? It's like yes, yes it is. We uh, all of our events are always free, and we will always have prizes. So 
if you're not in our Discord and you're not getting involved in our events, get in there and get uh, get into them and become a part of it. It's yeah, great fun. Get on it. It's it's good. It's good. So, yep. are, are you playing? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm playing on Saturday. Uh, I streamed Historic this week just as a bit of a prep. Played uh, Mono Red with Bergy, the uh, the new one of the new uh, gods that is three mana three three, and every spell you cast it adds a red to your mana pool that doesn't uh, disappear through your phases, which is pretty nice. Uh, so I'm playing like Experimental Frenzy and Runaway Steamkin. So who yeah, would have got... thought that broken mana engines were a viable yeah, option? Yeah. yeah. So the other thing, which which I didn't actually realize until I was on stream, the other side of Bergy is uh, an artifact, a horn that you can. It's five mana, which is a little bit much, but it's not too bad. But you can discard a card and you exile the top two cards of your library, and then you can play those cards till the end of term. So what that works perfectly with is experimental frenzy you when you've got an experimental frenzy out you just get stuck with cards in your hand because you're drawing that card every turn and you can't do anything with them and you get stuck in those spots where you have lands you know two or three lands on top of your library and you just run out of things to do well the horn on the other side of Bergy lets you discard a card that you're not using out of your hand and get rid of those lands off the top of your library and get to more action. It's just a light up the stage on tap, right? Yeah, it it is very good. It does cost five, but you're generating mana that doesn't disappear through stages with Bergy. When you're playing Frenzy, five's not bad because you're trying to hit four anyway to hit your Frenzy, and then you're always going to hit a land off your Frenzy. So you're going to get to five, no worries. Yep. And then when you've you've got a Steamkin on the go or a Bergy, like you're... You're adding heaps of mana to your mana pool, and yeah, like it's it's not a problem getting to five. So if you get a Bergy and the Horn out at the same time, oh, yeah, you're going off. I had a game on stream the other night where I had uh, I had a Frenzy, I had a Bergy, I had two Steamkins, and I just I cast like thirty spells in the, in the turn. I actually my, watched that game playing. and I was like, I'm not sure he's dead here. And then yeah, like yeah, like I was looking at it was against the mono white life gain deck or something like that. It was mm. Like. Yeah, I'm 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 going to be dead. I'm not going to win this game and yeah, we uh, we got there and then our opponent after sideboarding just roped us out and then conceded. <laughs> I was like, okay, no worries. Thanks. <laughs> Player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's that's what I'm playing. I, I do as we've said, I've uh, painted myself into the mono red corner, which is which is fine, but I'm uh, I'm excited to play that deck. So yeah, it's do you very cool. uh, do you know what you're playing? Because you're planning on streaming for this. Yeah, so I'll be streaming from eleven, maybe a little bit before. Uh, and I I don't know what you're talking about playing coloured spells. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I'm going to play the the artifact uh, ramp deck with the, the, uh, the mono brown. Yeah, mono brown with the forsaken monument. Um, your mind stones. Uh, it's actually Cans. It, Yeah, it's actually got black spells in it. So, okay, yep. um, so you know, Arena tells me it's a mono black deck, um, but it doesn't have a swamp. Uh, I got Field of Ruined today on, on my oh, mobile, nice. and I'm like, oh, I don't have a swamp. Uh, so I might have to adjust my deck list. Yeah, um, just put one in there. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it plays both cards. So you've got the sideboard one of, which is something I enjoy doing in modern. And I cast a turn five Ugin today, which was pretty gas. So, yeah, nice. yeah turn, turn four, second monument, turn five Ugin, and... Yeah, won that game. Um, yeah. So I'm going to be playing that. Uh, it's pretty... Um, I wouldn't play this deck in best of one because you just died of the aggressive decks. You really do need that um, those three games to to take the W. But uh, yeah, I've been playing a bunch of it. It's it's. Uh, I've got the hang of the deck. I, I think the deck is, um, is good. Uh, I haven't played a lot of Historic. And when I've played Historic, I've basically just tried to put 
Embercleave on red and green creatures. Uh, so it's nice to explore the format a little more. It's pretty dead to the blue-white control deck. Uh, you know, they just have too many counter spells. But like I mentioned before when we're talking about standard, sometimes the Maze Mind Tome just does work and you can um, keep up with them on cards and then that can get you yeah. an advantage. But yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. But what are, you, what are you expecting? Do you think a lot of the beans are going to, uh, well, the people in the the the, uh, the beans event are going to like try to tip old trickery people or do you think we'll see? Uh, a- I think we'll see, you know, one or two maybe. There is, like you sent me a list the other day of a, a runes deck uh, that, that looks pretty interesting with your core spirit dancer and just casting a million runes. So, there's a few funky decks in, in uh, Historic, but I think we're probably just going to see mostly the same old. There's nothing that's really... I haven't seen anything on Twitter or heard anybody talking about, oh, okay, here's the new best deck in Historic and that sort of stuff. So I don't think the pros are really focused on Historic at the moment. I think their next MPL events are standard. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm tipping we'll see your, your same old stuff. You'll see your Soltai Midrangers, your Jund or your Rakdos Sacrifices. We'll see probably see some Goblins if people have them. And then, yeah, a whole bunch of other, you know, the Gruels, the Mono Reds, all that sort of stuff. Um, just the, the usual things that we've been seeing for, for quite a while in, in Historic. So hasn't probably hasn't been enough to actually cause a big shake-up, but somebody will probably bring some something's pretty spicy. So it be interesting to see. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, as I said, I'll be streaming. So uh, shout out to everybody on our Discord that is uh, obviously listening to this as the you know at the moment that it goes to air. Uh, uh, 100%. Yeah, we'll be getting a bunch of people to stream to Discord. So if I finish my match, if I get crushed by Mono Red in five minutes, uh, you don't just have to stare at me. Um, we actually will do some commentary on some of the other games as well. So uh, join up. Uh, you might even get a chance to, you know, have some of your games featured on stream, which is pretty cool as well. So, yep. yeah, you've Should had be good fun. Yeah. Looking forward to it. And it's, yeah, it's an awesome way to kick off the start of our tournament series for 2021 and find out who's going to be on top of the ladder uh, right from the start. Yeah. And, cool. and most importantly, find out, you know, which bean has the highest finish so we can get those bragging rights exactly. as well. Exactly. Yep, got it. We'll be, yeah, we as we have uh, re- released the actual official rules in our Discord for our tournament series and for our leagues. And yeah, one of the things we've been pretty clear about is the beans will not be eligible for any invitational points or prizes. So any if you know if if Chewy happens to somehow finish first in this event, somehow, well then the the player in second will effectively count as first, and third will count as second, fourth, and so on. So the our our prizes and our uh, invitational points just pass down the down the line. Yep. Uh, but we will be keeping track of the theoretical points that the beans would have earned from our events, and keeping a ladder of that to see at the end of the year who the best bean is and uh, uh, who and, gets the bragging rights. And I know, it's, look, the league's competitive. There's a lot on the line, but it pales in comparison to. Being crowned the best bean, let me tell you. The, the supreme bean. Supreme bean. We should get a trophy made up. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah I, uh, I think that, that's got Chris's name written all over it. Exactly. Go on, Chris, get us, get us a trophy. Is there something else happening this weekend? Some other some other. There is, yes. Event? The most important th- event of the year that's way more important than anything else is the Super Bowl. So... You may have picked up on various hints dropped here and there uh, throughout our podcast over the the last year and a half or so, but I am very much a big uh, NFL fan. Well, you played the game, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I played played gridiron for a while here uh, in Melbourne, uh, coached it for a while, and yeah, definitely enjoyed it. But yeah, it's good fun, and yeah, we get the Super Bowl, which for us here in Australia, you know, it's Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, but here in Australia, it's it's Monday for us. Thankfully, the time zones work out okay. It's during the day, but it does mean usually you have to take the day off work. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you've known Chewy, but uh, Tom Brady, who is a name I know you definitely know, he uh, he left the Patriots. Yeah, which is which is went, kind went, of like um, that would be like I don't know Marcus Bontempelli leaving the Bulldogs or something. Um, but sure. <laughs> uh, so and he joined the the Buccaneers. Is yeah, that correct? Tam- Tampa Bay Bucks, who yeah, have yeah, okay. not like been a powerhouse at all in recent years. Am I correct? No. Uh, yeah, they've they've been okay, but they've they, I don't think they've like made it to playoffs or ages or anything like that. But Neck turns minute. out Tom Tom Brady, despite being like forty five or something like that, put him on a brand new team and still makes his way to the Super Bowl. I think this is his tenth Super Bowl appearance, and he has like six wins, so which is phenomenal. Like we're not so, a, we're not an NFL podcast, but like I as a, as someone who like I'm a casual observer. Um, you know, I'm a Jets fan, so I can only stand to be a casual observer. Um, the, uh, there's that discussion with like people like, you know, like Dan Marino or whatever, like yeah. is, is Tom Brady the, the goat? Oh yeah. If, yeah. if he wins, think, if he takes the I mean, bucks from obscurity to a championship, like he, surely he puts that beyond doubt, right? Yeah. There's no doubt at all. Like it, it's, it's pretty much. He's pretty much undisputed at the moment as being, yeah, the greatest of all time, and which is phenomenal. And this, like this season, has just proved that he's, yeah, he just really he's is on, on another level. So yeah, yeah, very, very impressive. Very, but very- yeah, the the Bucks will be going up against the Kansas City Chiefs with uh, Patrick Mahomes, and uh, yeah, we'll see if uh, they. I'm pretty sure that they won last year. Uh, so we'll see if they can go back to back, but it should be a good game. Both teams are doing really well. And did Drew Brees retire? Did I see that as well? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I might have to check that. Yeah, check that. With, check uh, that with uh, Mrs. Kat, Shorty. Kat yeah, a, she'll, she's the Saints fan, uh, New Orleans fan. Yeah, uh, but yeah, should be should be a good game. I'm Definitely su- check it out. Surprising myself with how much I know about NFL as a casual <laughs> observer. Wow. <laughs> yep. Uh, and yeah, we just uh, cross our fingers and hope that Tom Brady doesn't win because. I am an, an Atlanta Falcons fan, and I'm still salty about the 28 to three drubbing that happened in the Super Bowl a few years ago when uh, the Falcons were up 28 to three at halftime and then managed to lose to Tom Brady and the Patriots. That's the thing when when you're that good, you're polarizing, right? You either love yeah. Tom Brady or you, or you don't, and you know we yeah. see that with with Kobe and LeBron and with Jordan in other games, and you know. Buddy Franklin or yeah. Cam Smith in in Australian sports, so it's a yeah interesting. So I yep. I'll, I'll watch it um, and I'll be pretty agnostic about it. I think uh, I think as the I'm actually torn because as an Aussie, you've got that tall poppy thing. You want the underdog to win. The Bucks are the underdogs because of their oh, lack yeah. of success, but yep. they've got Tom Brady. But then you've yeah. got the Chiefs are the underdogs <laughs> that are up against Tom Brady. So. Uh, it's an interesting dynamic. It'll be interesting to watch. Anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. Should, be, should be a good game. Anyway, that's that concludes the uh, Magic Beans NFL podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll do our usual wrap. Uh, yeah, thanks uh, as always for listening. Make sure you're coming in, jumping in our Discord to get in on all these events. Head to the link in our show notes to grab yourself some sweet Magic Beans merchandise, mm-hmm. uh, hoodies and T-shirts, all that sort of stuff. The mouse pads are amazing, in- by the way, everybody. Yeah, the, the giant mouse pads. 
Uh, there's a link in there as always to Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. So go and check them out. Grab some bargain auctions and let them know the beans sent you. Uh, and as we mentioned, they are providing the prize support for these awesome events we're doing. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. All of those places, just search for Magic Beans or Magic Beans Cast, and you'll find us on there. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. Very good. So, yeah, thanks again for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will see you all next time. 